now we're recording on <laughs> anyways that's a so loop, now so. we're good now we're good so should we rehash the whole like mother frida candle um, candle conversation or saint frida saint, saint frida. frida yeah we're in the presence of saint frida and tequila it is going down it's really perfect, easily yeah. <laughs> well cheers cheers there's a glass oh hello again friends Today's episode is extra special as I am sharing with you a conversation between myself and one of my closest, longest friends, Lydia Persaud. We met in a small church Christmas production many years ago and bonded over reading lines and goofing off before prayer circle. Over the last two decades, I have watched her take to the stage, growing into her power duo lungs as a musician and using her voice for change beyond the spotlight. Today, we open up about coming out as non-Christian to our families, growing into strong women that support each other along the way, and why it's important to challenge and question your own beliefs. All this and more, here and now, on Body and Wine. Please, we're so hungry. We're hungry for more. body of those listening is the temple of the holy spirit and together we desire and agree that it is in good health oh yes. <sighs> welcome to body and wine conversations on sex and spirituality my name is charlie gray and i'm sitting here with lydia prasad hello dun, 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 dun. <laughs> i don't even know where to like really begin how we know each other i mean the i guess we know each other from middle school church mm-hmm. through high school we went to bramley baptist church together can you take a guess at what year we met oh my god okay <laughs> what what year did 2006 wow so it would be maybe 2001 2002 we were 11 yeah. or 12 years old because yeah. it was the great 2000s yeah yeah what the fuck? And we Y2K book. Oh my God. <laughs> Shit. I have this memory that we met in the youth auditorium and I was wearing a frilly dress and you were wearing a frilly dress, but maybe neither of us were wearing a frilly dress. Nah, I think it maybe were. We were wearing dresses. Because like we, we were, yeah, we yeah. both came from denominations where that was more common. Yep. And we didn't really, dressing down wasn't really a thing at our churches. And I, I feel like we bonded over that. Yeah. I remember you being really friendly. We were like doing a production of something at church. Oh yeah. And that's how we got friends. Yeah, I feel like we were unique. Yeah, we were both really outgoing. Yeah, loud, passionate. Yeah, like to like be in leadership roles. Yeah, it's almost twenty years to know each other. If it is two thousand and one, <gasps> whoa, that's so crazy. You're right. That's fucking crazy. Look at those stats. Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Lydia and I are here to just chit chat random things about sex and spirituality because i feel like literally you and i could do a podcast on our own like yeah just in terms of all the things that we could cover and talk about mm-hmm. so yeah welcome thanks for having me <laughs> okay i i want to jump into like we were just talking yeah about us both chatting mm-hmm. in within a year of each other yeah. both of us in our own ways ended up telling our parents yeah that we're not a christian mm-hmm It's interesting. I don't know about you. So I've told some people recently about that, that I just came out to my parents as not being Christian in the last six months. Mm -hmm. And 
a for me that was harder than telling my parents that I was queer yeah um which is fascinating to some people yeah but also with a lot of my friends there was a general surprise of like what Mm. like how did you not tell your parents Mm. earlier and Mm. I don't know one question I would have for you is like why did you wait that long to tell your parents was that an Mm -hmm. intentional thing um I think I don't know I guess to preface like a lot of what I'm gonna say in the podcast is like I'm still very actively on this journey of like just the timelines you know the timelines and like the dates and the years and the moments and how old I was with like when things shifted for me yeah when people ask me um or usually when I mention because no one in Toronto really knows that I used to be really religious and mm. I've been here for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, maybe people from from college because I was like really into Christianity when I was in college. But what I generally say is that I stopped practicing Christianity when I was about 22, 23. And now I'm 29. How many years is that? Three, seven? four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And then I told my parents what like last year yeah about a year ago about a year ago yeah the reason why I actually say 22 23 is because that's when I lost my virginity oh interesting and that was such a turning point for like all right am I about to like rock this guilt and shame or just not even you know yeah and the answer was obviously no so why did I wait long I mean I think I think the timing just projects when I felt like it was Like I was able to wear that the most that I ever could. Hmm. You know, it was, uh, there was an issue with somebody uh, with some sexual misconduct. Yeah. And um, in the church that both you and I went to. Exactly. Yeah. In high school and post high. You went there a little bit after high school, right? Yeah. I feel like you showed up too. Yeah. A little bit. You definitely filtered out. No, you were definitely coming through when you were in Laurier. You yeah, know, yeah, which and is crazy. lived with a bunch of those yeah. guys at Laurier. Yeah, yeah. It's also funny just see, seeing Carolyn and seeing you as Charlie, and yeah. like you know, yeah. you, at that point you were Carolyn, yes, from Bram Williams, definitely. Yeah, and that's a whole other topic. I, I know, feel like. yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> we could go there. I, we could totally. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I there was a case of sexual misconduct at our church that has happened in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, two max, two yeah. years. Yeah, with someone that we were both very close to. Yeah. Yeah. And when discussing with my family, as we shared in the disappointments, the mourning, the uh, betrayal mm-hmm. from all of this, from that person, as they were like kind of an honorary family member, mm. there was no way of really um, reflecting and being honest about it without digging into the roots of why Christianity and and organized religion are really toxic. Right. And like the environments that could have potentially fostered this kind of behavior or enabled it to happen in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no way of just deal with it. Well, disconnecting those things. Yeah. You know, especially our denomination Mm -hmm. um, where you couldn't a big, this is like, I'm probably like answering and like elaborating. Love I'm like, oh, I'm it's off, great. I'm off. Go off. I'm off the rails. The rails. Um, <laughs> but one of the It main, all circles back in the end. If I retrace like the moment I told my parents that I was no longer Christian and we were in a faux restaurant in Toronto mm. and we were getting food and we were talking about the issue of this person just really fucking up and like betraying trust and being really inappropriate with young girls. And I before I had said that I was not Christian, I said... Well, you know, 
obviously it's going to be a problem when you go to a church that does not allow for women to be pastors. Mm. So we have no women who are in leadership roles Mm -hmm. and we have no women who are examples Mm -hmm. of leadership and religious leadership Mm -hmm. on top of that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that because you and I used to be religious role models and leaders. We used to have small groups and we used to teach kids about the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, let me tell you to let kids for like a couple years younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but we were, we, we had a, we had fucking good intentions, yeah. man. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, and we were, yeah. I think in our own way actually were really good. Like in some yeah. ways I'm like the people that put us in charge, it's like, what the fuck were they thinking on the one hand? But yeah. also it was amazing. Yeah. I think for us as to develop our leadership skills and, yeah, I think it was saying a lot about how great we are. <laughs> oh my god! But we were we like led groups together. That yeah. was fire. Yeah, Dude, yeah that yeah. was fire. Yeah. If I had like yeah. role models like that, which I guess we kind of did. There were a couple people who stand out in my mind, but honestly, I don't think I had a role model like I was, like we were, like yeah. you were. Like I didn't have a female role model in my life who was like super unapologetic in like the most fun Mm -hmm. basic way of just Mm -hmm. being loud and taking up lots of space and like picking religious political socio fights and arguments with men yeah Yeah. i just i wasn't seeing that and i knew that you and i were like running around causing shit yeah like and and just because we always had each other yeah and so we were just kind of i think we were like kind of fearless yeah i think that's what's so interesting i was reflecting on this a little bit this morning before coming over about how I mean, you and I have talked about, I think, how grateful we are for our friendship in a lot of ways. But I wondered, Mm -hmm. like, I really think that I was able to not only move through the church and life in a really, I think, powerful way because I was friends with you, but even more so, I was able to come out of church Mm. and come out of church and come out of church and come out of church, like, over the years, like, you know, undoing and unlearning and then relearning and reshaping my life because of your friendship, Mm. because there was this kind of always in the back of my mind, like, even if we weren't, like, living in the same city, and we haven't been, like, for the last 10 years, 11 years even, that there was always this other person who's also going along a journey that's, like, maybe we're both individually going through it in slightly different ways, but coming from that same place of, like, trying to live authentically, giving ourselves and each other permission to figure that out and come out as we are. Do you know what I mean? Of course. And if I went through that by myself, at least coming from that church background, I think it would have been a lot more difficult for me or it would have felt disconnected. Like my life, I don't know. Now it feels all coherent kind of having someone who also came out of that and who's still a close friend. Yeah. You know? Totally. To what you just said, I feel like I can relate that because... You know, as we unpack who we are as people, Mm. you know, you're not 30 yet. Right. You're turning 30 this year. Yeah. We both are. We're both 89. Yeah. Just as we approach 30 and and 100 and whatever. It's like I associate with what what you said with like trauma and like if we didn't have each other, you wouldn't have like a link to the history. Mm. And I think about this one partner that I had. Mm who we broke up and he blocked me from all social media and I'd probably never see him again because we like stopped working in the same space and stopped being in the band that we were we were both in. Mm. And he was like extremely emotionally and verbally abusive to me. Mm. And now there's no link to our history. Huh. Huh. And to me that's like, or an element of trauma, right. like because the actual infliction of the action and the, the development of the memory is right. obviously the tra- part of tra- the, the trauma. Yeah. But then really feeling silenced right. in it yeah 
and being like like screaming in a glass box. <laughs> so I just feel like I'm so thankful equally for having a link to that history yeah. and that time, that yeah. fucking huge time in our yeah. lives. Like yeah. the bulk of our lives. Formative shit. Developmental years. Oh my all God. All of them from the time of baby to teenage 20s to our oh 20s. My God. Yeah. Yeah, there is something exactly yeah. like having even the constant person to kind of like transition that trauma and help weave it and make sense in your life. Yeah. It's so hard when it's disconnected, cut yeah. off, and then you're a different person. Yeah. I forget what else I was going to say. Well, you asked me about like why it took oh, so yeah. long. So and then I was why... like, that's because it felt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I was addressing the issue. The issue. And then I was like, okay, I'm about to like really dig into the church right now. Yeah. And I don't believe in that construct, that institution yeah. anymore. So I'm just going to fucking lay it out. And I was and I was like, basically issues like this with the with the sexual abuse and the abuse and power that happened because that 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 mm. and you know and even in the bible like i literally had said even in the bible there are still there aren't enough female role models um women are, are men are always in power they're always objectifying women mm. and then my dad snapped because the bible is law mm-hmm. king mm-hmm. that's it like yeah. don't question the bible and would he have like a literal interpretation of it for the most part like not really believing as much in like oh this section of it is myth and this section of it no. is like no it's all facts it's all god word word god breathed yeah. yes I'm just going to pause here to let you know that Body and Wine Podcast encourages guests to freely discuss their experiences, ideas, and opinions. These beliefs and stories are representative of the individuals that share them. Amongst laughs and bits of wisdom, these conversations can include varying challenges related to belief and sexuality. Please use your discretion as you listen, and as always, take care of yourself. Okay, let's get back to it. Just the Bible, mm-hmm. and that was like he freaked out. Mm. And I mean, throw in many years of my dad reacting like that with me being where I, where I was and am at. Yeah, I was like, actually, straight up, I'm not Christian anymore. Right. So like, basically, you negating yeah. my understanding of how institutionalized religion and Christianity have bred so much systemic sexual misconduct abuse everything uh sexism like Mm -hmm. it's all these things i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you that your argument towards it being god's word doesn't matter to me yeah right because i'm like it just takes that out of the equation it's way more authentic than from your because you're not going to then sit there and argue theology with someone when you don't actually believe that theology anymore so i was like cut the shit don't believe in it yeah and that was a whole other level of the conversation afterwards but it led to that that was kind of the sequence it happened without at least that much planning exactly so so different it's yeah. different it yeah. was it wasn't like we we didn't go to foe right for me to tell my parents right it happened in the moment and and yeah. why hadn't you told them before that were you ever planning at least beforehand to tell them i mean no because my dad okay so my the way that re- religion is kind of projected onto me at this stage of my life from my parents it's different between each parent. My mom talks about religion and her religious walk very personally. Mm. She's like, I meditated. I did this. I did this. It's never like, and collectively they're like, we're, we always pray for you. Like in every card they write, they're like, we're praying for you. And to me, that's like so fucking positive. Yeah. So yeah. I was never going to like, that didn't fuck with me. Yeah. My dad, my dad, it's always been like, 
I always knew that God had a plan for you. Yeah. Like I always knew that you would be doing amazing things because God had a plan for you. Huh. Again, uh-huh. really positive. Honestly, yeah. like uh-huh. being in the music industry, I really respect people's connection to God because I feel like when it comes to being in a career that's very self-centered, mm. you know, naturally it's like mm-hmm. using the word selfish in positive ways. It's like it's right. very selfish, very self-centered. It's like yeah. very much you, you, you. Yeah, you're on stage, you're in the spotlight. Having an element like God, yeah. I like really respect that because it takes you out of you. It takes you out of whoever's yeah. clapping for you in that mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. let alone like all the black music that I love and know that came from right. God. Yeah. And religion. So everything was positive. Yes, I'd go to church on all of the holidays and roll my eyes. And I really dislike the pastor that's at the church right now because I feel like he's super manipulative mm. um, and really like dangerously old school and right wing. Yeah. But it didn't affect me. And I had, I still see people at church that I go and see. Yeah, your brother was there. He's working there. Yeah. So just there was no reason for me to like stir the pot. Yeah. And there, there's like elements of sharing that information with my family. That's a bit regretful, I have to say, mm. but I'm working through that because I would just hate to cause my parents like grief and worry. And I already, I already knew my dad worried about me Yeah. in ways that I was just like, you're crazy. Yeah. I'm super safe. I'm yeah. really comfortable. I'm yeah. really happy yeah. to then just like shake that in such a heavy way. I just, it's kind of, it's the kind of shit that's like, he's going to be like on his deathbed and be like, fuck, I, I just, I, that like breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and like, cause I don't, I, I personally don't believe that there isn't a God mm. and I'm hoping that in some way I can connect that with him mm. and be like, listen, I still believe there's something out there. Yeah. It's just, it just we look at it from t- such different angles. Exactly. Yeah. And, and maybe that will m- help him believe that I might go to heaven at some point. Yeah. I don't really care about that. I just don't, I, as much as I'm going to approach this huge next stage of my life with, I'm happy and that's, and that's what I'm focusing on right now. That's why I'm not being religious right yeah. now. I want them to be happy. Yeah. I want them to live freely in their 60s, mm. you know. So it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, because you're wavering the line of like, <sighs> that's the tricky point. And I think I found this as well of like, I mean, I at least knew for me for a long time I wanted them to know. But I didn't know at what point I could do that because for many years I still held a lot of bitterness about religion. I mean, I still have some of that for sure. It comes up at certain points, but for the most part, I think I've healed through not just living in constant bitterness of religion and that my relationship with that belief system. And, and so I didn't want when I told my parents for it to come from a place of bitterness or for it to, for there to be any part of me that was satisfied if I broke their hearts, you know? Yeah. Because I, I also recognize like that it, did break their heart and it probably still does and that at least for my dad there's also a sense of he really in some of these conversations has said you know like I'm a failure how did I fail he really internalizes my belief system and how I live my life as a reflection of his success or failure which is I mean fascinating in of itself and like I came to come to this place of telling my parents through some significant therapy I was doing on this like area of spiritual trauma in my life and just came at a time when I knew I needed to do it in order to break out of other 
issues that I was dealing with to kind of live in full authenticity with them. Because you were like studying with someone, right? Like you were studying that person from the podcast. Yeah, I was working with this woman, Jamie Lee Finch, who focuses on um, spiritual trauma. And really, Mm. she does this work called body narrative therapy, which looks at what are the stories that your literal physical body, which is you, like we're not separate from our bodies. And that's interesting language that we use in our culture as well understanding that our body is us and we are our body and what have we been told um, and what roles have we lived into stories we've been given uh, what we've inherited physically culturally over the course of our lives and how does that affect us and how we live and so when you have something as heavy as like especially like really conservative religion and especially during your formative years that affects you in -hmm. your body in such significant ways so it's understanding the stories that your body has been given and how to either live into those or undo some of those stories so that could be anything from like genetic history that you have to the uh, role that you played in your family to the yeah. physical area you grew up to where your grandparents came from like yes, whatever trauma is past trauma down. yeah exactly and good and bad like yeah. what are all the different elements of like what make me me and as just acknowledging your physical body and like how it's yeah. informed your life yeah and then like spirituality is huge hugely a part of that um and that you can't heal your mind unless you really understand what your yes. body has been through yes and then kind of weave those together like bring them into conversation with each other so cool yeah it was really cool and like for a whole host of reasons just me telling my parents that I'm not a Christian was kind of like I needed it for a lot of my own personal healing I think to live fully into who I am as a woman as a person uh, in partnership with other people I felt like I couldn't fully be myself unfiltered until I with a romantic partner even until I was able to tell like my family, like the most Mm. intimate unit in my life, like who I am and do it in a way that was like unapologetic, but still loving, you know, Uh, but not needing anything from them at the same time. Yeah. I'm curious to know. I haven't met up with my parents yet since that, that I sent them an email and they responded well to it initially, which is great. But Mm -hmm. just coming back to that place of like, and I worked on this with my therapist that I, I knew I needed to tell them for my own well being. And I would do that in as loving a way as I knew how to do. But then ultimately, if they're going to be brokenhearted about it, it's not that I can't care about it, but I can't carry that burden or assume what they need. That's for them to go and work out for themselves. And that's like a hard line to try to to come to. It is. But the the opposite of trying to, what I did for years was trying to, I think, protect them from that heartbreak, which then led to inauthentic relationship, which I think none of us want as well. Because then I was also living in heartbreak, you know, and then yeah. we were just dancing around subjects at the dinner table. Like no one was being honest with each other, yeah. you know? Yeah. I find it so interesting what you're saying, because to me, it's so unfortunate that the journey that you've been on to like really connect with your current identity and no longer being religious, you can't really share that part. Right. Because both of our families don't really know anyone else who's not religious like they've really and we didn't we didn't growing up no yeah and we built this bubble and and i just the unfortunate thing is that the journey and all the stuff you just said about connecting with bodies yeah my mom's got arthritis my dad's got bad knees they've been working physical jobs for 30 years of their lives 15 to 30 years of their lives and it's just like i know they can connect with that i know that people who would still want to pursue Mm -hmm. christianity religion institutionalized religion they could benefit from unpacking 
and still continue practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just so funny that it's so cut and dry and that you do have to walk into those conversations like being like a fortress of yeah. protection because you're going to get hurt by your life givers. Yeah. But it, there's so much more. It's like I'm an alcoholic and there's like so many reasons as to why. Like I'm mm. not actually an alcoholic, but like uh, if I was to tell you that. Yeah. And yeah. then you're like, well, why? And it's like, well, I just am. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, I don't really get it. Yeah. And I, they don't really get it. They don't really get it. Yeah. And that's another thing that I'm always re-coming back to is this. It's kind of cool that you're in some ways trying to think through how do I connect with my dad and like your dad in the sense that like, okay, you guys are both conceptualizing some form of God from very different angles, from very different perspectives. And in some ways, maybe in the it's a completely different God, you know, like in some ways, Yeah. but trying to find that point of connection because I think I don't know where I'm going to find that yet with my parents. And I think I'm somehow always teetering this line of, I think in a way coming to terms with the fact that I might really never find that middle ground. Yeah. Because I I really think my parents don't know me. And I think that that's a Mm -hmm. thing that they struggle with as well. They don't really know how Mm -hmm. I think that I have gone so far in my life away from what they know that they don't quite know what to do with me you know and um it's a bit sad I think in some ways but yeah maybe we'll find that but I think we we just definitely wouldn't find it if I was if I was lying to them yeah you know yeah feeding back into the version of them that you want to uphold yeah but that it is it is unfortunate like in terms of you talking about this is what's bringing you happiness like I also feel I don't know, every year of my life in the last 10 years, I just feel more and more the healthiest version of myself than I have ever been. And that, it doesn't mean that there's no longer hard things. There have been some fucked up things that have been happening in the last few years. And some of the decisions that I've made to be more authentic have brought the challenge, Mm -hmm. but I've faced it more and more with authenticity. And that's what's made me so healthy, so strong. Mm -hmm. And I can't share a lot of that with my parents. Again, and it's it's heavy to hear you say that because I agree Mm -hmm. and connect with it. And I'm like, how the fuck am I about to be honest with any relationship in my life Mm. and feed into my truth Mm -hmm. and not into someone else's version of their truth for me? Yeah. Like generally relationships, romantic friendships, work, if I don't have that with my family, I don't think a lot of people have that. Yeah. But I think knowing where we've come from, it's like, I'm just like connecting dots as you're talking. I'm huh. like, yeah, that's yeah. going to bleed through. Yeah. It's going to come through. Yeah. It's all so connected. But I think, I don't know, going back to even in some ways our friendship, it's interesting because I also feel like, mm, what am I trying to say? I feel more and more in my life now that I'm unfiltered. Yeah. And that's been really good for me because I would say maybe for a lot of my life I was unfiltered or I was trying to get there, but I would always have that guilt about it. Or I would Mm. always feel like shit. I was too loud as a woman or shit. Like that guy's not going to be attracted to me because I said what I think. Or like I laughed too loud or fuck in church. I said this thing and everyone felt awkward at the meeting because you know, like, but we have been loud for a long time. Yeah. And I think that there's something super special in that. And I think that's, what also makes us like beautiful just uniquely in terms of who we are. And I think it's a gift that helps other people be authentic also. Yes. You know, and I, of course, and in terms of, I think that's also maybe, I don't know about you, but for me trying to be open with my family is also trying to just as much as possible live into creating culture around the world and relationships where we can be 
authentic with each other. Yeah. And I know that's not possible for everyone. And so I feel really blessed that even though it's really hard for me, I'm still able to do it. Like I'm not, you know, or at least I'm at a point in my life where I'm not going to get kicked out of my house or I'm at a point in my life where if my parents heard exactly who I am and they chose to walk away from my relationship, which it hasn't, but just if it did, I have chosen family. I have community. Like not everyone has that. Yeah. So I think that there's a part of me in my work now in so many areas of my life of just trying to create spaces where we can be more honest with each other. Yeah. And you do that. I th- I think you really do that. And I think, mm. I mean, even just talking to you, I think it just fosters a really honest conversation, connection. And, you know, I- I'm I'm at a point in my life where I'm just realizing the connection that every moment in life has had to bring me to where I am right now. Mm. And I think that there's no coincidences. And there's that's the, the part of like religion that's like stayed, like everything has a purpose. Mm. And I, I believe that. And I think that like, I'm totally cool with believing that. Cause I just feel like life is crazy. Yeah. And if I can put purpose in pain and make it positive, I'll fucking, I'm there. Like, but I just think that, it's probably surprising for people to hear that you were so religiously committed mm. given how open you are mm. and how how strong you are facilitating that. At the same time, you fa- you facilitated that while we were doing church stuff too. Yeah. Like I remember being in small groups and being like talking to little women and being like, how do you feel about that? How does it make you feel? Like, mm. And then being excited about like our walk and our faith and like just little victories and yeah. And, and always empowering. We were always empowering women to yeah. like be themselves. Yeah. And so. And that it, is a gift yeah. of our upbringing. Like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we've talked about that before too, but that there were these nuggets of like, okay, it wasn't all bad. Like my relationship with the church has literally been an abusive relationship with a man. It's like mm-hmm. this like ultimate man in my life that I've tried yeah. to get away from and heal from. And I could go yeah. on and on and on about that. Or maybe two men, <laughs> Jesus and the Father. Or three. Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about the Holy Spirit. Today's podcast was recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse nations, Inuit and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. No, but I, um, but it's been interesting because over the course of my life trying to heal out of religion, you know, have had several people who maybe they've been redefining Christianity for themselves, which is awesome. I think that Christianity redefined in more like open and loving terms is essential actually for the world in yeah. a lot of ways, even though I'm ready to throw in the towel on all yeah. organized religion, it's needed. Yeah. And I totally respect my Christian friends that are doing that. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. But for me, it's like, okay, I can see these nuggets of like, cause you know, some people are like, okay, but Jesus can be really good. Or there's these different ways of looking at religion or like whatever. Um, or there was all these positives also in your life that came from religion. And I'm like, yeah, but f- mm-hmm. it's like, again, if I was in an abusive relationship with someone, Definitely there were moments of love. Definitely there were moments of laughter mm-hmm. and light or good memories or good things, growth that came out of it, but it doesn't justify the relationship. Yeah, That's been a helpful framework for me to learn how to walk away from it. Cause it's like, okay, I can still take the good stuff, but it doesn't mean I have to like feel bad for saying that it was fucked up, you know? Yeah. In a way. Totally agree with that. Yeah. I feel like I'm like of the mind of like, 
letting people do whatever the fuck they want to do. Mm-hmm. That's also protective because I think that the real honesty in that is like, if you believe in something to the death, yeah. which Christians do, which we did, yeah. I would die. I'd be a fucking martyr yeah. for this. You better be able to unpack it and you better be able to look at it for the good and the bad. Right. Because everything has good and evil. And if you can't see yeah. the bad, you are trapped. You are brainwashed. You've been yeah. manipulated to the core. Yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah. And I, I, I don't I don't know why Christians and other people in institutionalized organized religion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll put cults in there. I'll put Scientology in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why they can't do that. And that's that's culty. Yeah. That's wrong. I mean, yeah. as much as we can talk about good elements of religion. Yeah. Right now, like we're... Yeah. yeah. Even I remember when I was in... I think it was either high school or early university. It must have been more early university when I was in international development. You know, and I would start to have more critical conversations about Christianity with my parents when I was still very Christian. Yeah. But was always critical. I shouldn't say always, but as soon as you were, yeah. Like getting to know the history of colonization and, um, I mean, I had my flaws too, for sure. But in terms of understanding, yeah, the fucked up nature of how Christianity was used to, to manipulate and like wipe out cultures and ruin people's individual lives, countries' lives, like whatever, that there was this sense from different people in the church and from my own family that to criticize how the church has been used to wipe out populations or yes. to kind of like destroy indigenous spirituality yeah culture, just every totally. everything yeah that fucked up like yeah to create the patriarchy all of the stuff racism totally that is to criticize that is to insult god which mm. is so interesting to me as well yes that that's definitely not all Christians. There are some very critical Christians out there. Totally. But a lot of the culture that I feel like I grew up with and was surrounded by was afraid of ultimate criticism. Maybe they would be critical of like, okay, let's do an exegesis of this text. But to ultimately say, is this true? You, you couldn't really say that. Well, I associate that with my dad. Mm. He was like, hell no, this is exactly the word of God. Right. And there will be no further conversation mm. as to whether or not this is because to because yeah. to, then if you say it's not true you unravel an entire belief system of a life and 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 mm-hmm. i actually that's where i feel like i don't want to shatter that for my parents like maybe there's some people i will have full on religious debates with but it's like both my parents have come from significant life stories themselves yeah. and some of the stuff that they've been through their belief systems help them th- understand exactly yeah know? my and, dad too right and if they're not at a place where they're willing and ready to unpack all of that i don't want to push to shatter because if yeah. they're not if they don't have the right whatever it is like therapy in place friends in place yeah you know i even remember for me when i really fully walked away from christianity that was a mourning process mm. it was fucking celebratory like it was freeing yeah. but it was not easy and that came with intention and after years of undoing it so yeah. I also, in a way, just accept that my parents believe what they believe. And I think as long as I come to this place of like, we can respect each other, then I don't need to unravel that for them, you know? Not that I yeah. even could necessarily. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, so two things what yeah. you just said. When there are certain types of religious connections certain different types of dedications to religion that probably doesn't make sense but like different different people have different connections to religion and when it's held on and held together by strings yeah. by just really thin string mm-hmm. 
you say one thing and it's shattered. Yeah. And I feel like it's just how do you know? How do you know what's going to shatter someone's anything? Because even even my own dad's response to what I was saying, it obviously was held together by nothing mm. because I wasn't even dissing God. I was right. just seeing the Bible and I was just seeing ancient texts, ancient irrelevant texts to modern day life. Yeah. And uh, to someone, but that in of itself is like an exactly. Yeah, right, right, right. Like it's it's <laughs> like I laugh because I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> not held together by anything. It's yeah. so it's so delicate and fragile. Right. To the man who encouraged me to argue and be the strong mm-hmm. woman that I am today, mm-hmm. he then can't take his own teachings that mm-hmm. I'm saying thank you for, yeah. and apply it to yeah. his own faith. Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I think to a big degree, like you've already shattered a big reality to them by saying that you're not. But I think in whatever way you want to navigate your conversation with them, all of it being valid, is telling your own fucking truth and not trying to protect them and picking your words and being tactful or whatever, man. Yeah, like, yeah. You were put into something that you didn't ha- weren't given a choice about. Yeah, yeah. So you can feel angry about that. Yeah. And you can feel bad for them at the same time. Yeah. But just... Yeah, doing what you have to do. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to talk yeah. about other things. Yes, please, please. Um, um, do you want to? I'll save it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for today, folks. But no siree, the conversation is not over. Stay tuned for Lydia and I's next episode together. But in the meantime, check out her Instagram at the underscore Lidster, L-Y-D-S-T-E-R, and buy her album available all over the interwebs. Check out her Instagram. She's got a lot of important things to say. She's producing a lot of beautiful things. You are not going to be disappointed. And these groovy tunes have been mixed with music by Josh Reed's Venice. Uh, And other than that, thank you for listening and sharing as always. With love, bye-bye.